Hello, everybody, and uh, thanks for tuning in the podcast. Doing things a little different here. Gonna try and throw some intros at the start to give you an idea of if this is anything you want to listen to before having to dive in for uh, an hour to two hours. <laughs> but on this episode, we're talking with Donovan, a good buddy of mine from college. We've known each other for almost 10 years now, and we dive into quite a few different things, uh, mostly D&D related, but... Uh, couple other nerdy things that pop up here and there and uh yeah it's a really good conversation we talk about what he's been up to since the start of the pandemic and how he's been handling everything get to meet his lovely cat yeah it's just overall just a wonderful episode of a couple friends talking together and it was a great time recording so i hope you guys enjoy let me know what you think and if you have anyone that wants to be on here or if you want to be on here hit me up and we'll get something going Thanks for listening, guys, and uh, enjoy the episode. Hell yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's pretty intimidating. (laughs) Every single time. Every single Mm -hmm. time. Yeah, mm-hmm. recording. Um, oh, but you know what, Tobin? I don't. I don't know if I didn't notice this last time, but I, I see Craig's face. Yeah, like it's a little bear. Yeah. Well, most of the time, I only see you. I, I don't see him. Like he's hidden. Oh. Within the video chat. Is he kind of a lurker? Yeah. yeah. Doesn't say a word. He mm. he's kind of like the people that listen to the podcast. He. <laughs> You know, they're, they're there, uh, but it's just a really one-sided conversation. I have a lot of those with myself. Every day. <laughs> he gets to listen to it first. He's exclusive. He's our, he's our VIP. Hell oh, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> he subscribed to the Patreon or whatever. Oh, God. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Only fans. thumbs up on everything. Yeah. We we, we we figured the monetization model on OnlyFans was better for, you know, what we're trying to branch into. Yeah, yeah, for, definitely. You know, <laughs> spread our right? spread our legs into what we you know some yeah. new income. Just dipping into new, new things. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I was going to uh, ask you, man, since uh, it's been a minute since we talked, have you picked any new uh, board games? Real quick, yeah, Donovan, would you like to int- introduce yourself? sure yeah i didn't know if we had like an intro or anything that you guys do or if we're just like fucking kicking it off we usually jump Uh, into it but since you're a new voice probably a good idea to introduce yourself oh yeah no i don't want to be like jarring or anything shit um (laughs) hi my name's donovan um long time nerd first time well no second time podcaster on this show but that was like one of the way early episodes so i don't know yeah yeah hidden deep somewhere in the backlog mm-hmm. <laughs> um but no i'm like you know big big nerdy dude i love uh video games and tabletop rpgs and i work in it because it all goes hand in hand so yeah here to chat up some some good nerdy shit with with my buds also have some of the best taste in novels and comic books. <laughs> I, I didn't want you to, to leave that out. Yours no, not, like... not at all. You've exposed me <laughs> to way more comics and stuff that I, I had no idea. Cause I, Oh really? Yeah, absolutely. I started out in a lot of the, just like the, 
the main stuff where uh, when I was reading it, it was just like, oh, here's a, um, you know, oh, I'm going to read Thor and Batman. But there was um, a lot of image stuff that you showed me that I was like, oh, I've never really checked out any of their stuff. And so like starting to dabble more. Uh, I have a couple books that you recommended from last time because uh, I don't know anyone that has read more science fiction or just fiction work uh, fantasy than you and the ones you have recommended. Awesome. Well, I don't remember any of the things that I recommended, but I'm glad that my name stands on its own at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. I also have to thank you because you were the first person to ever Dungeon Master for me. Oh, man, and I know. I was thinking about that game. That was... Uh, I, uh, I have since become, you know, fallen down the pit of being a Dungeon Master, <laughs> and now I have a, a group that I babysit. I mean have an adventure for every Sunday. <laughs> right. uh, and I have almost all the Dungeons and Dragons books. I've started painting. You opened dude, you opened yeah. that door for me, so I'm nice. very happy about it. Yeah. And, that's awesome, dude. How long have you been DMing for? Uh so like shortly after you DM that one game for me, um yeah. one of my friends DM for three months and he was just a great did a great job. He did a great job. But yeah. I wanted to do better. So <laughs> uh, I was just like, all right, fine, I'll do it. And then, like, uh, I DM'd a couple groups of, like, you know, way too many people, seven to ten. Oh, my I was just, God. Like, trying to get people involved and trying to get them to try it. And yeah, uh, I finally found a good balance with these five people that I, I play with. Unfortunately, during the pandemic, it's all online. Yeah. And it is not the same as being around the table. But, Mm-mm. um, I've, we've just been, I, I think this is, we had our campaign Senior, which was our 15th uh, session. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, we, 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 we got wasted while we were playing it. It was, a, it was a great, like, we just, it was a blast. Um, but, so that's, we're, we're, we're still going strong. I have to make a dungeon, actually, this weekend, which I might, I might pick your brain if I, if you're open to text messages later. Yeah, of course, man. I'm always happy to shoot the shit about that stuff. Time's ticking, bro. Weekend's coming quick. my addiction. Yeah. yeah. How are the figures, or the miniatures that you got going on? Me or Donovan? Yeah, Donovan. I forgot, both of you guys are working on them. But they're, they're garbage. Yeah. They, you know that. Don't, don't ask for me. <laughs> no, they, um, it's been alright, man. I've definitely been, like, expanding my horizons a little bit with some of the, the painting techniques that I've been trying, and getting more into like volumetric highlighting. Okay. Um, so it's, it's like just taking into consideration, like light sourcing rather mm-hmm. than doing like more stylistic, like edge highlighting. Sure. Um, so it's, it's like blowing my brain because <laughs> I'm just still trying to like blend two fucking colors together properly. Yeah. So I've got all these ideas going on and it's, it's been fun. It's, I feel like I've been growing a lot with it, but it's, it's definitely been challenging for sure. I, I feel like with painting miniatures, the, I don't know how meticulous you are in terms of uh, like scooping paint out and measuring the different quantities. And then when you mix them together, getting like the perfect shade that's been, yeah. Like, I, I'll watch a lot of YouTube of people do that, and that's just my biggest fear. I was like, oh, it, it all has to be done right now because replicating that color again is going to be impossible. No, dude, dude. So that's why you make yourself a wet palette. Oh. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know if anyone's, like, shown you about that or anything. 
So effectively, mm -hmm. it's like this very small sponge that sits in like a basin. Okay. And then you put like a sheet of like, it's basically parchment paper or some, not wax paper, but something thin like that that's um, uh, uh, permeable, water permeable. Sure. And then when you put your paint on top of that, the water actually like adheres to the bottom of that and maintains moisture levels. So if you keep that covered, you can keep your paints wet for like two weeks at a time and just fucking bin them and like be done and what? then come back to them. That's yeah, insane. man, it's totally changed the game for me, for sure. Wow. I have I'll, so I'll... <laughs> many miscolored figures because I'm like, oh, I will only need this much of this gray or like green or something. And then suddenly I have to remix it and it doesn't look like that. So the whole thing's getting repainted. Oh, holy fuck. Yeah, dude, let me like, I found this basics video. <laughs> let me send that to you because like wet palettes and just like easy blending tips. Holy shit. It changed the game for me like so much. Do you primarily do D&D &D minis, or do you also have, like, a 40k army? Oh, I'm trying <laughs> so hard to stay out of the plastic crack, but, like, I see all of It'll these get miniatures, you eventually. and they're so, like, they're awesome. detailed and they're beautiful. They're so awesome. They're so pretty. I'm just like, oh, don't do it. You don't even fucking play that game. Don't do it. I bet so, you'd like, like it. <laughs> I'm sure I would, and that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be hard for you to find a group. Oh, I know, going. man. I know. So no, just for just for now, it's just uh, D and D minis and like fantasy stuff. That's that's good. I was gonna say because if you're if you're gonna whip out a, a 40k army, I'm excited to see it. It's... Tobin is just maybe waiting too, for the man. catalyst. I'm waiting for someone to do it so I can just spend all of my son's college savings on it. I'm just I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting. Uh... Have you uh, picked up any other? hobbies board games since the craziness that has been the last year and a half you know the funny thing is i actually like pushed off dming specifically because i didn't want to try to do the online stuff mm -hmm. so a couple friends picked up online games for us and they've been awesome at it and nice. so my hat's off to them but for me it's mostly just been like i don't know i've been rock climbing a bunch i've been trying to meditate more it's it's less like hobby stuff and more like well-being stuff so i don't lose my fucking mind that's totally fair <laughs> yeah. with it with this year that's the year to do it man yeah i yeah. i tried meditating i used uh headspace for a little bit but it's i i want to find something else <laughs> the, the the guy's um, voice just uh kind of puts me to sleep which was the problem when i first started meditating was that oh, I would yeah. become so relaxed, I would just fall asleep, and then I'd wake up, you know, half an hour, an hour later, and I was like, I feel refreshed. That was, you know, <laughs> that was great. I can meditate all the time, but not really exactly what I'm going That's for. Cheating. That's just cheating. That's, you're, you're not <laughs> but it's like, oh, relax, like ease your mind, and then it's just like, okay, I can do that, and it's like, feel your body, breathe in, breathe out, and like, you're not. I don't know. At least the things I got from the app were not to allow a lot of things to come into your mind, like to focus on it. Like you can see the right. thoughts and then you let the thoughts go by and you just kind of, you know, exist. <laughs> yeah. Then, I mean, that's, that's the idea is learning how to sit with boredom and sit mm -hmm. with yourself basically, which <sighs> results in sleep for me. My <laughs> <laughs> body's like, Oh, I know what you do when you do this. You go to bed. Otherwise <laughs> you're doing other things. So yeah, I, I need to find other things to um increase that because i 
there's just so many benefits that I've seen. I can't say that I've experienced them personally, but have you, since you started going down that road, have you noticed any changes within yourself? Like, I don't want to sound full of myself because it's like <laughs> you're literally just sitting there with yourself and that's it. But like, yes, um, I found I'm much more calm and like mindful at work. Mm-hmm. Cause like working in IT, especially like doing desk side support, like I do, like people get mad. I get oh, yeah. mad at my, well, I get mad at one member of my team. The rest are great. Um, <laughs> you know, processes and the whole organization, whatever, like it can all just like compound on you. And it's very yeah. easy to like knee jerk reaction. Um, and since consistently meditating, I found that I do that less, which at the end of the day, means like I'm already in a better mood because I didn't spend most mad. So it's, it's kind of like this positive cycle that feeds itself for, for like a good way for once for me, which is really nice. That was that was the least flexing like brag ever. That yeah. was like, oh, That's I'm just Buddhist. a better person because like <laughs> I wanted to be better, and there's these challenges, and I worked at it. And it was just like, okay, you know, like I thought you were gonna be like, oh, I can bench press a car now. Uh, <laughs> I've actually, I've seen the other side. I closed my eyes. I went there. I came back. Everyone's wrong. You have no idea what's going on. Yeah, I learned to manage the chi within myself, and now I am God. <laughs> yeah, you literally like I'm more patient with people who piss me off. Congrats, right. that's that's awesome. That's great. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I, I am pretty happy actually. It's it's been nice for sure. Have you like, like you talk about it with the uh, anger uh, and like more of those and kind of centering yourself? Have has it? done like when you're really happy has it had the same effect where it, you just kind of bring it back or have those emotions kind of stayed the same overall um i think i've been happier in general which i don't think a lot of people can say since the pandemic has started um, yeah i've definitely had like my share of anxiety uh having an immunocompromised partner that i live with like we just have all kinds of worries and stressors. But at the start of the pandemic, I coincidentally started um, uh, SSRIs, which are like an antidepressant, anti-anxiety. And then I started working out consistently. I started sleeping better. I started meditating and really focusing on my diet. So like, That's I a lot of in general. It's a lot of changes, but like all of the little pieces help the other ones stay routine and help them like maintain consistency so like i feel like i'm one of the very few very fortunate people who went from 2020 into 2021 actually feeling better about themselves that's you, awesome man that's fucking amazing you are not alone the the, the ssris and at least you know people in my circles who uh i i went to school with and uh i've worked with mm-hmm. have i've had more than a dozen say you know this was the year that like i needed a little bit of help i realized i need a little bit of help because i'm inside so much yeah uh, and they were able to start an ssri then boom suddenly working out was really easy for them eating healthier was easy because they didn't have another thing uh you know pushing on them uh right. and it, it it helps a lot of people and i'm glad that that's that's one thing that's helped you um i've, I've kind of gone through that same change with uh this past year, I've, I've changed some of my medications, and I'm, I'm feeling better. So good. I'm I'm happy you're feeling better. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. Are you it like sucks. in school still? 
No, I graduated um, nice. last year. Yeah. Nice. Congrats, man. <laughs> Thanks. Um, it, it, it's it's it sucks that this year is the year to you know get people to, uh, you know, go to the therapist and or go to oh, see anybody really, um, or meditate or start working out and you know. But if if it makes this positive catalyst change in people's lives, like long term, I, I'm I, it'll out it'll outweigh the benefit or outweigh the negatives. Yeah, right. it's like I don't know. I I feel like maybe it's just my opinion of uh, our society, but without a push, there's a lot of complacency, and it'd be like it's not that bad. But like when you can kind of have the perspective being like, all right, things are really bad. <laughs> like now, now is the time to to do something, and so um, it's awesome to like hear and you know see people you care about you know trying new things and going for it and like it i feel like it's always risky psychologically to just try new things if you know you put a lot of your heart into it and you go like oh it's not working out it's not going through it like that can be so so soul crushing you know to try and change it up so to to hear that the positive side of that to go oh you know like i tried and i stuck with it for a long time and like things just kept getting better it's like fuck yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I, I love to hear it like it's, yeah there, there's so much negative that like a, a little bit of positive news goes a long ways you know and, and now you're worried about like how you shade your paint like your your minis <laughs> that's a great trade like that is a great Absolutely. trade <laughs> right no but like at the end of the day like i was super fortunate because i had zero financial interruptions through the whole pandemic like you know so many people lost their jobs. So many people were out of work and that didn't touch me at all. So like, I feel super fortunate for that. Just, I think that is like the foundation of proper mental health is just having access and funding at the end of the day. Security. Yeah. You got to have that income to, you know, put food on the table and stay in a house. And like it, it, it's so tightly (laughs) attached, attached to your well being. So yeah, it's, like I'm very fortunate too to have been able not to experience that or to have caught COVID. So right, yeah, and it lets me buy more plastic crack at the end of the day. So yeah, <laughs> you know, bringing it back here for you. I, I got no. into like kind of like heavy space. I apologize for that. <laughs> no, that's no. That, see, like that's a that using these mediums of video games, comic books, you know, movies, uh, not Star Wars anymore. Uh, all <laughs> these things. Uh, allow us to kind of take a break from life and then when we get to talk about life when we can bring it up and those through those mediums it's it's great who is that right this is poppy i'm she's poppy our little, she's our little tripod <clears throat> we got oh. her last year so cute she for is for people who are listening it's a cat yeah oh, i was just about cat. to say that like, she's shaped like a football <laughs> she's got a little bobtail. Aww. She's an American bob. We got Aww. her because um, we saw a picture and she had like just been freshly amputated from her front left paw. And I was like, I have to have that cat. <laughs> you know, that one. That one. She looks yeah. super happy. She's so got a slightly upset tummy right now, but she, she loves me so much. So I can I get actually feel my allergies going off right now. Like I can, I can feel my throat like 
like that. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Don't ever step foot in our home. Like, you're welcome, but we have four cats. We'll and hang we'll out die. on the porch. We'll hang out there on the porch. That would be great. <laughs> I, Donna, I don't know if you met one of my <laughs> many roommates who have come through this house, but uh, uh, Michael, he has a cat. And when he moved in, boy, that was rough for me for like a month. I would wake up and like spit out blood from. Oh, I, I don't no. know if it's just allergy. Eventually it stopped and I got used to it, but. Boy, that month really sucked. <laughs> the cat was slowly poisoning you over time until it decided that it liked you, and then it stopped. I yeah. think until it just like it found out I got a dog. <laughs> well, <laughs> you scared it off. You scared it off. It was encroaching, and you're like, "Nope, I'm gonna play monster in defense mode real quick." All right. <laughs> it's like, "I'm sorry, but uh, meet meet Kiba." And he's, oh, Kiba's so lovely, but yeah, yeah. how's he doing? He's good. Uh, him and his sister, uh, Luna, the yeah. other pup, they uh, they get along well. And I think that's one major benefit from uh, having to work from home this entire time is that I, I just get to spend time with the dogs all day long. And they just get yeah. attention all day. And so that's, uh, that's going to be nice. It'll be hard to return back. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be like a wave of pet anxiety and depression when all of our animals are, are used to this like home filled with their person. And then it's just suddenly empty again. Mm-hmm. What do you mean you have to leave? What well, you right. just didn't leave for so long. That's you need to stay. Like, you know. I just got used to you fucking being here. Like, Oh, I can relax taking a nap now knowing that someone else is watching the house. This is great. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I this this is the the hopefulness in me, but I I think it would be awesome if there was a way to bring in <laughs> certain pets to the office, but the clusterness of allergies um oh, and, yeah. and animals clashing and the pooping and peeing everywhere, I know it'll never happen, but boy, that would be fantastic. <laughs> I mean, I assume with like the way things are going that more and more organizations will just continuously allow people more flexible schedules and more work from home situations. So maybe you can just, you know, bring them with you to wherever the fuck you work, which happens (laughs) to be like two rooms away. That's a goal. I mean, with the amount of time that everyone's been working from home, there's been, there's not really an excuse anymore from the business to say, you guys aren't as productive. You're not getting as much done because right. It's not true. <laughs> like it's getting more done actually than we've done before on, uh, you know, crunching the numbers on there. So I, right. I find that uh, more of a power thing to be like, no, like I like you being in the office cause I can see you and I can actually, you know, have more control. Crack the whip. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. But yeah. it's, it's difficult hearing other countries where they're at and they're like oh yeah like all the benefits that they get and uh their quality of life i was like boy what 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 are we doing (laughs) a lot man but that's like a whole series of podcasts like unto itself so i just i'll be here (laughs) for the nerdy shit for you and i won't get any like political stancy with you because oh so going back to nerdy nerdy shit and you know, let's throw some politics in it. What uh, what political class was your last Dungeons and Dragons character? Since you're not DM DMing anymore, 
Ooh, uh, so this was actually an interesting one for me. Um, he was technically in like this group of like knights. So semi-landed gentry who very much have like an interest in maintaining the current like status quo and law and order. Um, but he'd like seen some military time. So he also understood like lives are sort of more important. So it, it was interesting playing like the evolution of that character. Cause obviously not everybody came from that same background. So he was much way more like uptight and stodgy and very like ordered. Um, and then as the campaign progressed, as all campaigns do, you know, that got a little looser. <laughs> yeah, goofy. He, he, yeah. Um, was he, was he a fighter or a paladin? Uh, he was a warlock, um, a hexblade actually. Um, the whole idea behind that was they are a part of this organization that's trying to reform um, the sword Excalibur because it was shattered and they only have parts of it. So each proper knight is given a shard of it to grow along with them. And as they level up, you know, their connection with it grows and perhaps the shard grows as well until eventually oh. somebody hits 20 and then, hey, you've got a freshly new legendary sword. How sweet is that? Do you, like, when playing characters, and I guess this goes for both of you because my experience in D&D is very limited, but yeah. when creating a character and having this background and I, idea of the, at least where the character is growing or coming from, when playing and growing with that character, how hard is it to get a feel of what that character would do versus what you would want to do and trying not to, trying to separate that? Like, do you go in it with a clear path of, this is exactly how they would do it or do intentionally go, you know what? Like people aren't always perfect. Maybe he'd go down this route. Cause like mistakes are, in my opinion, a, a core component of how we grow and character development within yourself. So when you guys are playing, Absolutely. how do you kind of manage that? I'll, I'll let Tobin go first. Cause I've been talking a lot. <laughs> no, no. So like, I, I don't have a lot to say, honestly, I've only played one character to 20 and that was the, campaign you played with me spencer mm -hmm. and like he was he was a brasher version of me like he was he was more loyal to you know this ethereal idea of um the house um that we we all loved and protected uh, as well as his his you know crew of pirates that he was trying to uh um uh, recruit yeah a recruit really um he was the only one that survived out of the original party, and he's oh, the only no. one. That, yeah, yeah. So like, it, he was he, a lot of the time that I was had any freedom, which our DM had a little bit of a rails problem. Yeah. Um, uh, anytime I had freedom, I was trying to you know make sure that he had like we were recruiting people. The ship was getting like trying to build a ship, um, trying to get a harpoon. Uh, as my monk weapon, um, like, awesome. <laughs> uh, and like so, like I was trying to get out, go out of my way to you know fulfill this. Uh, he wanted to be a captain, and he wanted to do this, and it led him to being uh, so driven to do that. 
it was he he left some of his party members to go save his first mate. Uh, sure. When he ended up having to fight his first mate, he he was like, "Nope, you win. I'm not gonna like we're 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 not we're we're on a team. I'm not gonna do this." Um, yeah. And he like tried to sacrifice himself so that we didn't have to do that, but unfortunately, um, rails. So, oh. uh, <laughs> but mm. that's like. I, I'm, I've, I've been looking forward to playing, you know, one of the 20 characters I have written in the background <laughs> uh, as a DM where I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to sneak this guy in. What, you, you guys don't want to talk to the, the guy at the end of the bar? You don't? But he has a cool shield. You guys are like, you didn't even ask Kyle how many kids he has. What happened to his kids? <laughs> They're sick. Come on. Like, <laughs> you guys didn't even talk to him. <laughs> That's uh, fine. Go study the thing. architecture of the town again, idiots. Whatever. <laughs> fine. <laughs> fine. Yeah, have you're a dwarf. Fun. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean. Honestly, Spencer, like that's a really, really good question, and I think it's something that any player would say that they will like constantly struggle with, unless they're mm. like so far up their own like ass, you know, that <laughs> they can only see like the corn that they ate last Tuesday. But like, because <laughs> um, because part of it's improv, like it's it's just like how much have you invested in this character? How much have you thought about it? It's at the end of the day, you you're really just like writing this person and i think part of the advice that i've seen is like all of these characters are you to some extent right mm -hmm. they might be some terrifyingly warped version of you or just like this super fantasized version of you but all of the decisions that you make since it's coming from you it's like it can be an internal struggle but at the same time it can it's like as long as you keep that lens in mind, the it's all gravy. I don't know. Yeah. Well, there's some there's I, some talks and podcasts about like people working through stuff with their D and D oh, character. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, and they view it as like a form of therapy of like, well, you know, I can't deal with this, but you know, Tiberius could. Right. <laughs> no, right. no way Tiberius couldn't do this. Like, of course he could. Well, wait, I'm playing Tiberius, and he worked through it. I can work through it. I, right. I feel like that's what movies are for some people too, you know, where you, you see a character or whether it's a comic book, whatever media it is, where you see a character that you relate to so much, go through these different struggles and you can relate to that and be like, Oh, like, Hey, like I handled that way better than he would have in a situation that could have been similar. Obviously, if you're trying to compare yourself to Superman and you're fighting doomsday, that's a little difficult, but your doomsday could be, <laughs> you know, any it doesn't have to actually be a physical person, but it, it could be like school or you know, like depending on how far, yeah, how far <laughs> you want to think. Like I don't know, that's one of the things I, I love about just comic books and uh, video games and just fictional things altogether is the ability to relate and try and empathize with the characters going through the situations that they're in. Right, like. A lot of people, I feel, for a long time have viewed media of that sort as, like, not a higher art form, you know, mm -hmm. heavier quotes, and that it's just pure escapism and there's no value to it. But I think, you know, as we start researching more of this stuff, like, Tobin, like you were saying, people use D&D characters to work through issues. Like, I know of published papers that have used very basic Dungeons and Dragons models to help children work through various traumas. 
and it's incredible. Like it's, it's literally a form of therapy. And I think we're just now getting into the idea that art is art at the end of the day. And if you're able to connect to it on an emotional level, like that means something can be done with it emotionally. And that's very exciting for me because I think that just brings more people in and more ideas in and we all just grow from it. It's it's also one of like, well, at least role-playing games have that uh, benefit of they're so, so in the moment. Uh, a lot of mm-hmm. people can't disassociate themselves and believe that they're Superman fighting Doomsday. There are some people that can, there are some people that really like to, um, but the being sitting around a table and saying, I'm, um, my character does this, or I'm going to say, or, you know, I'm playing this guy and he's going to do this and we're going to do this. It's like, uh, it really does force you to put on those shoes. Even if you're not playing the perfect character, character of that, you know, person or uh, caricature or, you know, paladin rogue, whatever. Um, <laughs> you're just, you're, you, you, you're there, but you're not there. Uh, I, I think it helps that like people are like you're saying, whether you're referring to yourself when at least when I'm playing the game, I'm not saying Tobin or Donovan, I'll say no bit, or I'll say wh- whatever name that, that comes to mind. Uh, you know, Donovan, the dungeon daddy, uh, what, what do I do now? <laughs> so also, also would like to throw in no bit, my warforged monk, no bit. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I love he's it. Great. Yeah. <laughs> he's great. <laughs> But it's like, yeah, it's just it. It's nice to get to play a game where everyone is kind of feeling each other, like the vibes in the room. You, you kind of just feed off one another. I think it's hard when you can tell someone's like not feeling it at all and mm-hmm. trying to not necessarily uh, force them to get in on it as well. Because if someone's uncomfortable, you don't want to make them more uncomfortable. But right. That, that's one thing I've noticed is playing with Tobin when we had different people come through and one-offs and things like that. I, what, what do you guys do as DMs to like try and get that engagement and get the people that are just kind of like, you, you can kind of tell they're not all the way into it, but you, you want them to, you know, be involved to have a good time as well. And perhaps it's just yeah. some people just want to sit there and watch. I don't know. <laughs> a lot of people do. I think a lot of like newer players, especially, um, if they're not like outgoing sort of personality types to begin with mm-hmm. are really intimidated because one, it's this huge fucking game structure with all these rules to remember, which is already overwhelming. And then two, you've got these like people who've been playing for years who are like doing all these goofy voices. There's a bunch of jokes that they don't understand. Like it's really intimidating. So what we do to try to help new players is we, kind of go over like what the first session is going to be about and then, or maybe the campaign in general or whatever. And we make them write a backstory. Um, And we make sure that they include a certain number of other characters within that backstory uh, who are meaningful, like rivals or relatives or enemies or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you make those characters either come up or you write something that really like involves them. And you just, you know, you got to like emotionally, uh, engage with them and kind of figure out like, okay, do they actually want to do this or do they just want to hang out with their friends? Like, yeah, which is perfectly reasonable too. Like you don't have to <laughs> wear a fucking top hat or, you know, 
juggle if that's what your character would do at the the game table or whatever like i think just that's the that's the thing that you do D D for you want the juggling you want the juggling. <laughs> yeah man obviously the like where are you fucking wizard i want to juggle <laughs> yeah I, I mean i so i did learn uh sleight of hand magic during the pandemic because i had Ooh. a card sharp character <laughs> amazing <laughs> That makes like, me so happy. Know, yeah, that's great. Yeah, um, because the, I don't know. It's just it's just little things like that. But like, I'm so invested in the game because it's like my main outlet for like socializing right now. Whereas, like, I totally appreciate new players who are just like totally intimidated and don't want to potentially engage. So I don't, I don't know. Like Tobin, it sounds like you DM a lot. So. But like, what do you do then? Well, when I went through my phase of trying to get everybody I knew to give it just one shot, because I knew I'd, yeah. get enough, I, I'd get enough people to play it again, uh, there are a lot of people who didn't want to try, um, didn't want to write a backstory. I'm still waiting on all of your backstories that I've ever asked you to write, Spencer. <laughs> I gave you uh, my last one. <laughs> I'll have to look for it, because I don't remember it. But uh, <laughs> It's pretty uh, long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I realize that there's like there, there's the types of D and D players you know the rules lawyer the combat guy the uh, I'm still a dwarf even though I'm not supposed to be a dwarf but I'm still a dwarf like <laughs> that guy uh, the, then there's you know the the I call him the watcher um, yeah and the watchers there because they like their friends mm-hmm. they don't want to have to do a silly voice if they don't want like they don't want to uh, they do want to go on adventures though. And like right. this is a way that they can do that, and like if they're not the catalyst to the adventure, if they're not the one diving into the dungeon, that's fine. They're not the one negotiating prices, that's great. Uh, they don't have to be. Uh, in my current campaign, I solve that problem of I have one character who is, um, I'm pretty sure he browses facebook or reddit more than he like pays attention to the game which is it, you know it's fine he the, he shows up every single time on time he remembers what happened like that's fine he can yeah that's how he wants to play sure. um i gave him he, he made a smart aleck comment towards me about uh getting a wishblade hey i'm level three now why don't i have a wishblade yet and i was like i was like i mean you know why you don't have a wishblade yet. And he started, like, he, kind of, he was, you know, joking around about it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this guy a wishblade. I'm going to give him, I'm gonna give oh him exactly God. what I want. So I gave him a wishblade at level four, but it has, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a step wishblade. So it's not a real uh-huh. wishblade. He has to complete the tasks to get the wish wishes. So right. rather than having him come up with this character whose his backstory was really, like, half-assed, uh, <laughs> He decided, I want, like, I was like, this is an assignment. Here, you have a thing. You have to kill a dragon, you have to clean it on top of a mountain, and you have to uh, buy it a fancy new hilt. Like, And you get a wish for each one of those things, but I am the I am the person who's putting the dragons in the world, so I get to put you right. where I want you to do. I'm the one who uh, puts the hot springs on top of the mountains. Guess what? The last mountain you, didn't, you went to didn't have a hot springs. Like, you have right. to keep going on these adventures with everybody, and by doing that, he now has, uh, you know, he's invested. He, he wants to keep everybody alive because they know they're going to help him get his wish blade. Right. That he has. He like it's it's not a, an if it's a when for him, and like it really helps. 
It really helps. No, I love that. That's great. Thankfully, I haven't had to deal with that too much because, like, most of the people that I play with are, like, veterans who just want to come in. But, like, man, I love that idea. of. Did you just, like, did you have to sit down and think about that or? Uh, I wanted to think about, like, I I know him from, you know, just hanging out on Discord. He's kind of become one of my pandemic pandy buddies. Uh, (laughs) And I was just like, like, he was being, he was trying to be a smart ass. I know yeah. he's trying to be a smart ass, and I was like, "I'm not like I'll do it. I was fine. I'll I'll give it to you. You want you want to be a smart ass to me? I'll show you how smart I can be. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like let's go." And the last big town they went to went to every jeweler to try to build this golden scabbard for the sword. Yeah, I didn't I didn't prompt him to do that. I didn't tell him how many jewelers there were. He kept asking, "I need to go to another one. I need to go to another one. I need to go to another one." I was like, "I did my job." Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I feel like every person's um, desire to get that engagement is going to be different. And it's, I, I don't know, this is me speaking out of my ass, but like, I think Tobin for your relationship with him, it really helped you know him as a person and kind of what motivates and drive. If you were to DM somebody that like it, it, a friend of a friend that you're not too familiar with, it, I, I feel like getting that, amount of uh motivation or participation would be difficult if you know that they haven't already had prior experience to playing the relationship between dungeon master and a player is weird i'm sure donovan can back this up it's it's not it's not a bad weird it's a weird that's like i can't think of another uh relationship that's like it uh you are in charge of them but you're also wanting to have fun with them, but you're also their peer. It's like these three things of like, oh, like I have to generate the world around you, so I'm in charge. But I also have to make sure you're having fun because I want to because we all want to have fun. And then also I'm eating chips and your beer. Thank you for bringing those. It's great. (laughs) Like, uh, And so you, you find yourself in this position of like, well, what are all the, uh, you know, emotional buttons that this person wants pushed or doesn't want pushed. Yeah. That I can still remain my, his friend or their friend. Um, and still have them have fun, but still have them know that I'm in charge. And that's just, that's a weird, like the I'm in charge thing is really, it's my God complex coming out. But like, <laughs> it, it really like how do I make the world more fun for them? Um, yeah. because that's what I would do if I had the power it would make it more fun. So, right. No, it's- I don't know. You're not talking out of your ass like that is it's a super unique relationship. You're like, I don't know, almost like a one of those mentor groups, like big brother, big sister kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. You're like, I'm here to ensure that we're all having a good time. It's mostly for you. I still want to have fun. Like me getting to write all of this shit is the fun thing for me. Seeing how you react to the things that I write is the fun thing for me. But like at the same time, we have this like relationship that I want to nurture and mm-hmm. grow, and it's like this little baby bird. And but you don't want to put it back in the nest; you wanted to see it fly or whatever. And it's <laughs> I don't know, man. It's it's super complex for sure because you're bringing so many like <clears throat> social skills on top of like literary skills, on top mm-hmm. of math skills, on top of just remembering crazy ass uh, rule systems. Yeah, it's. It's so many different soft skills that you're putting together in, in one go. I think th- 
a misconception of D&D is that it's like a lot of it is, you know, having a good imagination, but there's also a lot of complex um, participation that you have to put yourself in in order to have a, a fun game. Like understanding combat there's so many different mechanics on that depending on uh the class that you pick and the depending on who you're playing as and like you said working together as a team like maybe there's a unique creature that only you know uh can be attacked in certain ways or there's a trick to beating them and like working together um there's all the soft skills that you're talking about i i don't think people really understand the amount that goes into nurturing and building that with um, other people. <laughs> like, I, I think people just think, oh, you know, it's just a bunch of people that hang out in the basement and don't, you know, they just stick to themselves. But it's like, ah, I, I think there's a lot more to it. And I think a lot more people would really enjoy it if they gave it a chance. And I don't know, it just seems like it's getting more and more popular, which is nice. It's well, definitely the golden age of D&D, for sure. Like, just with, like, all of the online streaming and whatever, like, Critical Role has been huge for it. That's allowed so many different spinoffs and so many other people to, like, do podcasts like this that sometimes talk about it or, like, mine that only talk about it. And, like, it it just means more content for the for everybody at the end of the day. So I only view it as a good thing. I kid you not, when Spencer told me he was talking to you last night... He was uh-huh. like, well, do you want to do the podcast with us? And I was like, I have, de- I have Critical Role tomorrow. I watch Critical <laughs> Role. I'm going to watch Critical Role. Like I have done for the past whatever amount of months, I'm going to watch Critical Role on Thursdays. That's my thing that I do on Thursdays. And yeah. he's like, well, it's, you know, it's Donovan. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll start late. I'll start late. I want to talk to him about Dungeons & Dragons. It's, it's, it's filler. Mercer would understand. He knows. Like, he would get Aww. it. <laughs> I'm so. glad that I rank like just high enough so that you'll peel yourself away from routine to come talk to me. <laughs> you'd, you'd be surprised, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate it really. Well, so you, you kind of, I want to pivot back. You focus on the DMing style of like literary, like you like to write the stuff. Yeah. Um, if I like, if I remember that you said that correctly, uh, I have found that that's not great for my DMing style. Sure. Um, I like, I, I, and I think that I'd, I'd love to pick your brain on this. Is like, I'm a, more of a give me a list of things that can happen, some names, some places. Let's go. Like I, like I, I, I will, I will make up all of it on the fly. Uh, if that means that you're, you have a, you know, a twin who's trying to steal your crown, or <laughs> you know, whatever have you, or the step wish blade, or uh, yeah. the pirate. A surgeon is sewing people together to make a flesh golem <laughs> on the boat, um, but he's not bad. It's just happening. Are you okay right. with it? Uh, sure. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, it, I don't know. Like, do you feel, especially with other people DMing you for this past year, do you notice those other styles or any other ones that kind of stick out to you, or is it really that I'm going to write this and see what happens kind of uh, style of DMing? So. One of the campaigns that we're in right now is Curse of Strahd, which is fucking awesome um, because that flat book has been out for so long. Um, so my partner who's running it has just like seen all of this like homebrew on it. So she's just built this incredible world that we get to play in. But obviously a lot of it is already pre-written. But like to your point, 
you can only write so much at the end of the day. Like, I want to write like world expanding quests and like stories because at the end of the day, I am a writer and that's what I do. And getting to see people tell a story with me is a super fun and unique way uh, for me to like edit my stories in my own head, so to speak. Hmm. So like, man, like you can be as like the perfect writer in the world. You can be Brandon Sanderson or George R. R. Martin, uh, and your players will shit all over your hopes and dreams <laughs> and be like, well, it's time to pull out the old fucking improv hat because I got nothing for what you assholes are doing in the sewers. <laughs> does, does that make you want to play? Like, now that you're not DMing, but you're playing as a player, do you consciously think of decisions that you make to try and accommodate the DM? To be like, ah, yes. I, I don't want to go down this because I know... They have something saucy in store for me. So I don't, you know, although like maybe my character would do this. Like I know there's something greater or like, I I feel like that could be a confliction too. Oh dude, my like implicit bias means that I will always try to help the DM have an easier time wrangle the cats that are players. Like, (laughs) and like, you know, if my character wouldn't do a thing, I try to keep that in mind, but also like it is a game they are also technically a player. They should be able to have fun too. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, don't be an asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, 100%. That's it's, it's weird to be on the other end of it. The little, uh, you know, f- small amount of times I've been a player character mm-hmm. where I'm like, you know what? Like I want to help the person who's not talking. Like, uh, oh, like I'm going to like I'm going to develop this character character to character relationship where it's just, you know, a jokey thing. You know, we do one thing. Haha, we'll do it again. Haha. You know, it's like now they have an inside joke. Well, now that inside joke becomes a party inside joke and that person's more involved. Um, Right. And that helps the DM. Like, um, I know you probably play player characters where you're like, hey, I'm going to have this epic quest and this epic goal. Uh, I. Uh, the, the small amount of times I've done it, it's been improv. It's been, hey, I'm here. Think that's what they would do. Okay, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's do that. Yes, yeah, let's, let's do that. Like, like Nobit was not supposed to be a pirate, and then he was a pirate, and then now he's a pirate. He's a pirate captain. Like that's just that's that's what he would do. It's it's, it's fine. It's a totally valid way of doing it, man. Like yeah, because I feel like as you all start jiving together and you get a feel for the world and you get a feel for like the personalities at the table, then you're like. Well, no, I actually want to play like a character this way. So, yeah. that's what they do now. Would you and ever it just alter helps the flow? Oh, my go bad. ahead. Uh, I was going to say, would you ever alter uh, the direction of the campaign after you got a feel of characters interacting and like you you kind of see the jive that they're going for, but the campaign would totally lead them in one direction, and maybe you would think they would have a better time if they you know you turn some things around for them as a ever happened for you guys absolutely yeah uh what's what was that what's the quote the only good quote in ultron uh when things start to settle god throws a rock at it (laughs) (laughs) like oh oh, you guys are in a good you guys are in a good groove guess whose mom's gonna die (laughs) i gotta be sad like and then it's gonna change everything and it's not to be cruel to them it's to Let's start. Like, let's that, you guys clearly have found a groove and found a a, a, a way that you want to do this, but your want okay. isn't enough. You you need to do it, and 
to do it, you need obstacles. Right. Because conflict actually makes for an interesting story. Mm-hmm. Like, if nobody is having a bad time, then it's not interesting, unfortunately, and nobody wants to read it. Yeah. So, so like, the last campaign that I was doing before the pandemic hit was this, like, desert, like, city-states that are all interconnected through these crazy-ass trade routes, and you have to use caravans to get to and from because it's all super fucking dangerous. But I had four main, like, plot lines that I had written. Uh-huh. And all of them were slowly ticking down. So the party had to choose what was more important to them. Ooh. And, like, they all got hooked with, like, what I like to think were interesting characters for all the different quest lines. Uh-huh. And because I, I wanted to see, like, what would happen if, you know, Skyrim rules didn't apply and if you actually fucked off and ignored the rebellion for long enough like oh god i love that that, so much how would that play out and so like it was a really interesting challenge to try to like write consequences for people because they ignored like this messenger quest from like one of their patrons you know what i mean i would love to pick your mind on how that went because i think about that playing video games all the time where i'm like we desperately need your help here. Otherwise, right? the kingdom's going to fall on you. It's like, that's cool, bro. I got like 20 side quests I'm going to fill out real quick, and then I'll, <laughs> I'll be right back. Like, I love the idea of that ticking timer and that by not doing that, you're, there's a price to be paid for your, um, for your actions. And I think yeah. stories that do that well, which was like the beginning of Game of Thrones, and then <laughs> um, <laughs> other just having consequences and having like your, your choices have impact, which can be good. You know, they both can be positive and negative, but that they have weight to them, which gives it meaning and it feels fruitful. So, Oh, do you often do that in your campaigns or is that something you just try once? That, well, so that campaign had been going on for a couple of years, actually. Oh, Um, wow. (laughs) Yeah. They were getting up there, man. Um, so, I, that was the only campaign that I've been able to experiment with that on, but since it was going on for so long, I was able to do it with a few different quest lines. Nice. So they like oh. they were helping out like these teamsters who were like super oppressed in this city and they had to like go break into this fort to get some some evidence that was being, you know, used to frame their captain or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the same time there was this like undead cult that was doing things. And they were trying to investigate that mystery, but they ignored it for too long. So they got, basically, they ended up in limbo, where, like, time gets super fucking goofy in comparison to the material plane. Uh Uh-huh. Because they were searching for this, like, prisoner. And then they come out, and the city is in, like, this full-scale undead siege, basically. Because, like, all the corpses had been rising. So it was like, here you go, you ignored the... (laughs) Like, the actual plague happening in the city because you wanted to do this, like, prisoner fetch quest. <laughs> I'm actually, I like, is there, like, is there a line for signing up for your campaigns? Can I, can I like, reserve a spot? Is is there season tickets? Can I buy season tickets? <laughs> can I be Craig to your campaign? <laughs> I, that would be, like, that sounds awesome. I was I was actually going to brag. I was like, oh, you know, the, the evil evil twin, he's not an evil twin. Actually, don't listen to this, Johnson, if you're listening to this. Uh, <laughs> uh, this thing happened where there's a person who looks like an evil twin of uh, a prince. They 
the king confronted both of them and yeah. sent them off and was like, you guys are banished, go do this pilgrimage that only the true prince can do. Uh-huh. Whichever one of you comes back, comes back. One of the gr- the group the group of player characters decided to bust one of, or decided to bust one of their uh, people out of prison. It took them two days to do it. Yeah, guess who got a two day head start and now has set up traps. Right. Like, right. I was like, oh, yeah. that's so genius. <laughs> Consequences. No, I love yeah. that, man. That's awesome. <laughs> like, like you're you're. It's not a video game, right? Like, it's this living world that has consequences. So, like, man, as a fucking DM, you got to be ready for anything. Have like you talk about writing a lot in the campaigns on there? Have you ever thought about writing your own book? Because, boy, if you were to put out a book, sign me up. <laughs> I will pay you <laughs> Thanks, to write man. a story. <laughs> um, I actually have a few short stories that I've written, and I've been trying to actually sit down and write a novel. <gasps> um, but it's, I I have this like self help book that I am like trying to beat against my brain that's like just sit down and do the thing you'll feel better yeah. for it <laughs> but i won't do the thing because i find all these excuses throughout the day you know I, so one I day i'm i'm hoping i will uh have something for for folks to read but i, I mean yeah i, I thought that i was gonna go in a different way you're like i have a self-help book that i'm also trying to write and i was like dude pick one like just either one will be fine oh <laughs> fuck no oh my god no <laughs> i was like Maybe stick to the story stuff. You seem really good at that, but if self-help, like, you know, yeah, go for it. Like, what's your passion? No, no, people of the world, please do not look to me for advice. I barely just put my own life together, dear God. That's the best person. For for DMing and reading awesome fucking stories, then this is definitely the man to go to. (laughs) Thanks, Spence. Of course, man. Like, I, I don't know, like, through our talks when uh, we worked together, uh, man, that's almost 10 years ago, dude. <laughs> I know. I'm that's wild. <laughs> <laughs> but like, Y'all have known each other for 10 years? Almost, Pretty yeah. Long, man. Whoa. It's been a minute. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> like, just these ideas of um, different books and different comics to read, like, I, before I'd be like, yeah, hey, I, I, um, I, I didn't realize how close-minded I, I was, but like meeting you and uh, Donovan, you too, Tobin, just really expanding um, different things, uh, mediums that I wouldn't have been uh, willing to put myself to. It, it's been s- such an enlightening thing over the years, and man, I'm grateful to both of you guys for that because it's a uh, it's something small that I don't think you, people would really. Um, like oh yeah like i recommended this book or something but feel like going through and living through those experiences is a lot so thank you guys it's awesome to be able to kind of expand yourself and grow into a better person for it at least i feel like i'm a better person for it so i i thank you guys (laughs) i don't know what you've been i don't know what you were like 10 years ago but definitely downtrend since you've met me so No, man, like, I totally hear what you're you're trying to say. Like, sharing art and sharing experience with people is basically life, right? And yeah. so, like, getting to see this, like, emotional piece of media and just being so energized and excited about it and wanting to share it with others around you that you care about, I think is, like, almost goes down to this, like, tribal level of humanism. Like... 
this is like this oral history thing that I want you to experience with me because it's important to like my dreamscape of the world. Like, please just read the goddamn comic already. <laughs> yes. And it's like talking about that experience and bonding with someone. I think that's what makes um, just different cons, comic con, anime expo, oh all those different um, get togethers. So yeah. amazing because you get a chance to meet the creator potentially if you're meeting either the artist or the writer to meet that person and be like your like art touched me significantly and thank you and it's so (laughs) (laughs) so nice to um like tell that person and then like i i haven't had a negative experience maybe just one but um for the most part they're just like thank you like this is why i do this like it's awesome um yeah the the one negative experience I think he was I was going to say I got I got to know since yeah, you I was like that. D- go <laughs> I, I don't want to I don't want to roast him because um I you don't have to say very, names you can just... yeah it was the the very first Denver Comic Con which yeah. I guess wasn't supposed to be called Comic Con because there's the licensing and stuff behind that well but, anywho the, yeah the very first one that came through um there was a guest there I was really excited to see and he just wasn't there for most of the night and then he came for like a thirty minute uh time period and i was super stoked and i didn't know really any of the etiquettes because a lot of people charge autograph or charge money for autographs or pictures and i was like yeah yeah cool man like i just i see you're selling this i'm going to buy this could could you sign it and could you take a picture and he's like uh and i was like oh I'm, I'm i'm sorry like am i not supposed to ask this and he's like uh no that's fine and i was like i i figured like he was from a pretty big TV thing. And so I was like, I figure you'd done this before. Like, uh, and it's just like a bunch of awkward vibes. And it's like, oh man, like this is something I idolized since I was a child. And I was like, man, let the sour taste in my mouth. But I, I just chop it up to a, a bad day. <laughs> was he an actor? Uh-uh, creator. Okay. Yeah. Right. Huh. So, yeah, that, that that made me sad panda, but... You know, it it helped me for the next time I interacted with someone to be like, okay, maybe not go so hard in the paint to be like, I'm such a huge fan of your work. Like, you know, know. I I watched this so much and like, thank you for doing it. And, you know, maybe to that guy, I was like, that was just my job, bro. Like, thanks. Thanks. But, uh, you know, take this and head on out (laughs) (laughs) And, and try and gauge them. But. I don't know. There, there have also been like really small artists in the um, artist alley. Probably like, oh my god, like you made this out of um, what is it called? Art. Uh, it's art, yeah. But there was a essentially, it's not ashes, but it's all black and white that this person charcoal. made it out of charcoal. There you go. Thank you. Um, and I was like, oh my god, this is incredible. Uh, I was like, I love all your stuff. And it's just like, oh, thank you. Like, and they give you the story on like how they do certain things. And it's just, I don't know. It's a vibe. <laughs> I love it. Oh man. Like that's something I've always appreciated about you in general is just like, you've got this very upbeat attitude. That, oh, like thanks, you man. bring to everything. Like for people listening, uh, this isn't like just some fucking gimmicky character that Spencer <laughs> has put on. No, like honestly, like you are super positive and like you're very energizing to be around for like an introverted person like me. Like you bring out some of the like best features in me. So it's it's really cool to like always talk to you and hang out with you. So like 
I can only imagine like what an artist feels when you're like praising their work because I know you're putting like emphasis into it and you're not just blowing smoke up their ass. Oh no, I, I I'm actually really terrible at blowing smoke up the ass because like <laughs> I can only talk genuine thing. Like if there's nothing there for me to work with, I'd be like, hmm, I, I got no, I'm sorry, but like if I right. feel something, I know how to express those feelings very well. <laughs> And I feel a lot. So thanks, man. Like, that's, <laughs> I I get nervous that I'm often too much sometimes. <laughs> and so like when I talk to people, I don't want to scare anyone away. But at the same time, it's like I want to try my best to convey the happiness that I'm feeling from something that someone else has done. And it's like, I don't know anyone that wouldn't want that. <laughs> So, except for maybe some random dude who wanted to charge you for a picture. Yeah, yeah except except for one random dude. Maybe, maybe he just he flew in late. You know, he, he didn't get to eat dinner. He, uh, you know, had had to come for a little bit, and I was hoping not to see anybody. But uh, <laughs> you know? he was just trying to sneak in under the radar. Exactly. Like you know, what? I'm, I'm a clock in and clock out as quick as possible. No <laughs> pictures. No signing. I hope these people who came here to see me don't ask for that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, at least he's had some time off since all the cons have been canceled. Yeah. Well, did you hear the news for Denver's uh, like uh, pop culture con? They getting bought out by uh, Fan Expo. Yeah. Yeah. What do you Exciting think? Exciting stuff, man. I'm, I'm, I'm into I it. think it's amazing. Um, Tobin Fan Expo. They do a lot of other Thanks. expos. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I wanted to uh, inform like, you Cons there. are not really my my thing. I've never really been to one, but like cons aren't really. I've been invited every year, but you know, whatever. <laughs> They're not really my thing. I. That awkward situation that Spencer just described was my actual nightmare. Like I would hate if someone, like I'd hate to make feel someone feel so so uncomfortable for something they made. And so, like I've talked to Spencer about this. It's just like, I love your stuff. I'll just appreciate it from afar. I hope that you enjoy being a human being rather than the creator. Like I want to view them as a human rather than the creator of this thing. Yeah, sure. And I'm guaranteed that's not what everyone wants. 100%. Just how I feel. So that's how I do it. Yeah. yeah. And, and the, I don't know, Donovan's been in Denver for what? Seven, seven ish year, eight years. I guess they didn't do 2020, but somewhere around there. Something like that. Yeah. That was the only negative. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The name changes and branding, but they've had a con of some sort that that's been the only negative experience I've had. It's pretty good compared, like considering I check out every vendor booth (laughs) and every artist art, like the group that I go with in particular goes because we make our own cosplays. So, you know, there's like a certain level of craftsmanship that goes into it. But mostly we go to see like the other cosplayers, uh, maybe check out some cool art, and then just get totally shit housed like afterwards <laughs> or during. Well, this sounds a lot like eat like fighting games, like big tournaments. Like, yes. oh yeah, oh hundred percent. Yeah, there's a I, lot of. Crap I show there. I show up to a thing. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not in a. Uh, I'm not in a costume, but I'm gonna go go zero and two in this game. I barely play because I don't have time anymore. And then I'm going to get hoisted and watch some people play this, play this game I love. Fuck Pretty yeah, much. man. I'll go check it out. I'm going to check it out. 
Donovan, have you ever messed around with the tabletop stuff that they have at the cons? Because I see they have different creators there, but I've never gone to any of the um, the showrooms where they have people test and play, and I haven't done any of that. I've sat down for a few card games uh-huh. uh, a couple times, and that's been interesting, just like playtesting stuff for folks. Um, but for the most part, oh, actually, there was one year where they had like... Um, this lock picking tutorial. Ooh. So, so there's this like, cause they just pull whoever the fuck wants to fill up the, the convention center. Cause that place is huge. Yeah. Um, so they had this like group of, I think they called themselves analog hackers or something. And it's just like this, like small little workshop nearby where they just lock pick or like help each other, like fix stuff. I don't know. Uh-huh. Anyways, they had like a bunch of fucking tumblers on the table and they're like, this is how you rake an eight pin lock here. Let me show you. And so we just got to sit there just like breaking into shit for like 40 minutes. So that That's was like awesome. totally unique and awesome. That's really cool. I wish I saw yeah. that. <laughs> that's really, really cool. Actually. I mean, that's the thing. Like I try to like go and find the super weird like side stuff of cons anymore because like the big names are cool and all, um, but I don't want to pay 50 bucks for a headshot and a signature, most likely. Yeah. Uh, the people that I do want to see, it's like a $200 headshot and yeah. a signature, and I'm not going to pay that. And then no, you have to buy the fast pass. And, ugh. Oh my God, right? Yeah, no. So, you, I mean, you get a little toasty and... You, you walk around and admire like the craftsmanship and like the artistry of all the people that are surrounding you. And you just kind of goof off for a weekend and have a good time. It's so much fun. And I like that. There's so many people just downtown out and about. That, oh yeah. Like you, you just run into a lot of col- colorful characters and people that are just like happy to talk and hang out. And yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Well, I know fan expo sent out like an email that was like, Hey, what are you into? So it was like this little survey to like kind of gauge interest. And my partner and I were both like, Hey, please provide more like post con or 21 plus event interests. Cause like families are valid there, right? Like they definitely Mm -hmm. need a space for that area because a lot of the stuff has crossover with like children's stuff. And that's cool and all. I want a safe space where I can get drunk and just like, talk about costumes and comics with people you know yeah. what i mean like at midnight or one in the morning have like local 100%. bars like sponsor it or some shit like show up in a costume and get a buck off drafts or something i don't care like yeah i that's the only thing that's missing for I me i would i would dress up for that i'd like i would do a costume. <laughs> i would put a lot of effort in for it i'd be like right? yeah, let's, we're, we're like why are you making that costume Dollar off, dollar off bruise. That's why. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like two hundred dollars, but like, I'll get that dollar off. Off. I drink, Yeah, I could drink thirty beers. I was like, well, let's go. That's why you get the hotel downtown, man. Yeah. Make a weekend out of it. There you Honestly, go. any excuse now, like with this year. Yeah, sign me up. I'm down. I'm down. So excited. <laughs> yeah, I. To your point, I think with the Denver one, I think it's the pop culture classroom. And so I think since they do so many kid things throughout the year, just uh, down in Denver, that it is so heavily kid focused. But absolutely. I and like you said, there's a place for that. But 
there's a lot of other people that come to these cons and I think there's another market they could tap into and like purely on a business side, there's a lot more money they could get. <laughs> if you know, it would yeah. be like, oh, it's not just kitty, put on face paint and you know, go buy toys here and there. It's like, no, there's a lot of other stuff you can do at these cons that have been done at other places. So Right. Yeah. Well, I know like this year there's no DCC or Fan Expo or whatever they're calling yep. it, but NDK is going to be supposedly a thing still. So I'm really? excited for that. Yeah. Um, I, I've always wanted to go every year or something because it's around Labor Day, right? Sits in, yeah, something like September-ish. that. September-ish. Are you quietly Googling that, Tobin? <laughs> <laughs> it's essentially the, the anime. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to. Uh, so, what is it? It's oh, such an a non expo. Yeah. Con, right? Yep. Yeah. I've always wanted to go. Never had a chance to. Uh, we've gone a couple of years now. And so, it's always been out of the Meridian, maybe, downtown Denver. But they've okay. moved it over to the gigantic Gaylord um, that's out by DIA now. Okay. And that place is like its own like living plaza complex unto itself. So that's just going to be goddamn wild, man. Excellent. And is it mostly, I don't know if they have a lot of speakers that come through, but is a lot of vendors and just people cosplaying and kicking it or what, what's yeah, the atmosphere it's like, like? It's basically the same as um, all of the Denver comic cons have been like, it's more focused on the anime stuff. So like a lot of the vendors are more like, Japanese centric mm-hmm. like interests like you can go buy Pocky and a Naruto body pillow if you want. Yeah. Or not. <laughs> Whatever. <Yeah. laughs> That's what I'm here for. Yeah. Give me that Sasuke pillow. Polish <laughs> <Pause> your boy. <laughs> but I, I mean it's still like you show up and you just have a good time because there's vendors, there's artists. They do have a lot of like guest speakers. Um we ended up hanging out with Oh my god, who was that? I think some of the people who do voices for like Attack on Titan a few years ago. Oh wow. Just because because they happened to be in the bar and so we just like had drinks with them for a while. Like That's super it, cool. it's just good time. Yeah. Nice. Well, we've been uh going at it for a little while. Tobin, do you want to bring up our our Pokémon? Absolutely. I've already random generated them. Uh, and since Hell you guys yeah. knew I was Googling stuff, I can just pull up my Bulbapedia tab. I'm sorry, we're not sponsored by Bulbapedia. Can you bleep that out when I say that? I I'd like Bulbapedia to sponsor me. I'm just going to keep saying it. <laughs> so you want any of that bleeped out or just leave that entire mind? All, of it, all of it bleeped out. I want I want the, the large sites that provide Pokemon knowledge to compete. They should, we should start a bidding war. That would be... <laughs> I'm not going to edit any of this out. I want them to understand our our mindset. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let me um, hop on here. Today's number, first number, Donovan, if you'd like to pull it up. I I have a link if you don't, uh, if you need Uh, that. Sure. Why don't you shoot it on over to the chat? Okay, there is that. I will. The first number is 525. I have no guess of what that is. 525? I can just send you the link if that if you need. 
But yes, I, I'm please. pretty sure I oh it's like IT people control F. Here <laughs> is the link. Where did you link it to? Uh, it's in the uh, general chat. Oh word. Because we use Skype, the the <laughs> video, oh. video video speaking service. Oh, I was like, I can't tilt my laptop further enough to show you. So today's first Pokemon is oh. Boldor. What in the flying fuck am I looking at? That is Boldor. Okay, of course. He, they are because they have a, it's a male and female, fifty um, okay. percent. Oh, sure. and the flavor text changes on both the male and female. So, ooh, hit us! Yeah, for the male, if you see its orange crystals start to glow, be wary. It's about to fire off bursts of energy. So that's for the male, and for, for the too. female, <laughs> females, <laughs> it relies on sound in order to monitor what's in its vicinity. When angered, it will attack without ever changing the direction it's facing. Hmm. And its abilities are sturdy which it cannot be knocked out with one hit. So one hit KO moves cannot knock it out either. That's cool. And hmm, that's kind of weird to have sturdy and weak armor as ability. Physical attacks to the Pokemon lower its defense, but sharply raise its speed stat. How can it be sturdy and weak? Rocks get chipped. Oh. Right? He's the, it's two different types of rocks. It's clearly there's a blue part and there's a, there's a red part. What if you're chipping off the, the blue part? Oh, it's faster, but the red part's the one that's, you know, staying true. I'll give you that. Yeah. yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I like that he's a little tripod. Or he's a, it's a tripod. I mean, same. But, it's, you know, right? for other reasons. Who, yeah, right? I was like, <laughs> this is a perfect Pokemon for you, man. This is, this is great. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I like his little angry face. You know, I'm into that. I like the colors of it. Yeah. I don't know if it's, like, is it angry or is it just like, oh, the rock happens to be like that? I think it's a lot of self-reflection uh, when you look there, at that. Yeah. There's, mm. there's got to be one where the eyes are just kind of sad and oh. it's the angriest one. And they're like, dude, you're just sad. It's like, no, I'm pissed off. Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> it's it's also the middle evolution of a a Pokemon, which my experience is the middle one is often the one that gets uh the the short end of the stick and Pokemon. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And and this one I think is pretty solid. Haha. I mean, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> he's it's okay. It's okay. It's it's not bad. I like the tripod. I'll give it I'll give it three tripods. Three tripods. Three tripods. Out of what? Just three, three tripods. That's <laughs> nine. He gets nine. He's welcome. <laughs> these are the these are the scoring systems. Well, yeah, we should explain. This, Donovan, the scoring systems are anything. It doesn't matter what it is. You can score them, or you can give them a word, uh, write a poem about them. If you want to write a haiku, go for it. Um, whatever inspires you when, from them. Yeah, I'm, I'm already three tripods. He, he gets uh, 10 crystals from me. 10 crystals. Uh, I'm going to give him one misinterpreted glare. <laughs> one misinterpreted <laughs> glare. Like Out of it. five. <laughs> Out of five. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, that seems solid for him. All right. Uh-huh. So, right. what's the next number? You can go back to the list. Uh, okay. It is 875. 
Is that one of the newer ones? No, it's a really old one. <laughs> I don't know how high the numbers go now. It is. It is one of the really new ones. Holy uh, fuck! Yeah. yeah well, that's this interesting. is a, This is an interesting design. That's cool. It's kind of like something happened while they were drawing, and they're like, "Oh, this could work." <laughs> they just they just stuck with it. They just stuck with it. Well, for the uh, listeners that are wondering, <laughs> how do you say this? Eskew. 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 Uh, it drifted in on the flow of ocean waters from a frigid place. It keeps its head ice constantly to make sure it stays nice and cold. Oh, Apply so- directly to the forehead. Head on. Apply directly <laughs> to the forehead. <laughs> so underneath that ice is the face? Yeah. He has another form. That's I don't like his other form. I don't know what the other form is. There's like... There's, I'll co- copy it and put it in there. This is what his head looks like when there's no ice around it. Oh no! And I don't like it. It's weird. All right, let's take. Oh, I like the, the moist face. Yeah, the oh. noise face. Noise. No ice. Noise. Oh. No, it's noise now. It's noise. Noise. <laughs> noise. Its ability is very fitting, though. It's ice face. The Pokemon's ice head can take a physical attack as a substitute, but the attack also changes the Pokemon's appearance. The ice will be restored when it hails. When it hails? Yeah. That's not how ice works. (laughs) (laughs) You mean uses Blizzard. That's what it meant to say. Uses Blizzard. Okay. Something like that. Oh, uh, I forgot to read the uh, female flavor text. Uh, This Pokemon Mm. keeps its heat-sensitive head cool with ice. It fishes for its food, dangling its single hair into the sea to lure and prey. Aren't all heads heat sensitive? <laughs> I to mean, a degree. Like, like hot <laughs> enough, hot enough. My head is not going to be cool with that. Like, but stop, stop bragging, Iskew. Stop are, are bragging. Thinking of the hunting technique, like, okay, it's going to grab onto the top. But if the head is solid ice, its flippers aren't that long. How are they going to get the fish? What happens when a shelter grabs that thing? Does it evolve? Like <laughs> Slowbro? No. It's right not over like the it. head? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe like it releases a toxin or something. Like maybe that that hair has a special attribute that we don't know. Maybe we're looking at it from the wrong perspective, right? Like maybe it's more like a gelatinous cube face. Oh. I know it says ice mm. face. I'm gonna choose to ignore that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like it, its little hair is actually um, a prehensile, and it just like like an anglerfish, right? It dangles it, it dangles oh. it, and then it just like wraps around them and pulls them in slowly. That's way oh. more menacing uh, for a, a Pokemon, but you know. I gotta say, this Pokemon went from suck to super intriguing. <laughs> With, with that concept. You start asking questions, right? And you're like, mm, I gotta fill in the gaps here. What I if you got like idea. a bunch of them and put them in a pond? Like a big, like a, just like, a, you know, a small little pond, you get like six or seven of them, and then you just fill it with iced tea. <laughs> <laughs> when you said that at first, all I could think of them was like a row of their heads and my little yeah, like, like ice tray. Yeah, that would be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> What? Oh, dude, that's how kind of, that, like, you have a team of six of them, and that's how you hold them in your Pokemon holster. Like you, oh you crack God. them open, you grab the Pokeball, dude. That that's a that's a character. <laughs> I want that <laughs> that one. 
copyrighted. They're not like the next <laughs> ice gym leader, but they're like one of the ice gym like characters or whatever that hangs yeah, out there. Yeah, like, yeah. Who's this guy with six fucking ice cues? Like, okay, whatever. Yeah, that's if not that's not gonna bar, work. That's where he should be. What I can't Ooh. see his. Oh, have yeah. you seen the the shiny version of him? Where he's pink. It? Yes. Yeah, figured that would be up your alley. That is more up my alley. I really, I enjoy, I enjoy that a lot. Uh, he looks, it looks like Kool Aid. <laughs> oh my god! It's a little Kool Aid, Kool Aid cube. Ah, he's my cube, my little Kool Aid cube. <laughs> my little. Is that your rating? <laughs> yeah. Cube spelled with a K. <laughs> my little Kool Aid cube. No cute Kool Aid cube with a K. No, that's I, too many K's in a row. We're not gonna do that. Oh, oh <laughs> that's just enough to make it not okay. Sorry. Mm. So, what's your new rating? My little Kool Aid cube. Uh, I'm gonna say it's the Pokemon, the Poke Bar bartender. That's my my rating. I think that would be a job best suited. Uh, I give him ten out of ten koala poops because they are also square. <laughs> Koala poop, really square? No, my God, yes. Like no joke? No, I'm not lying to you. They look like little perfect cubes. That, that man, just look it up sometime. It's fascinating. I'm not pulling your leg. <laughs> I'm pretty gullible, so I'm like, hmm. no, no. All I right. was like, you, you normally don't do me dirty like that. So <laughs> fascinating. Last, last one of the night, guys. All right, all right. Two hundred and forty-two. Oh, here we go. These are numbers that I recognize yeah, a little bit that's, better. That's Johto. Probably legendary status. Lugia? Wait. Nope. Damn. You're really close. The, it, the first legendary is the one after this Pokemon. It is. Oh, Tyranitar. Nope. Damn. Oh, Blissey? Blissey. Damn. So close. Oh, yes. I'll Ooh, hop in here. Cool. I'll get in there first. Plissy looks stupid. <laughs> I hate her. What yeah. was wrong with Chansey? What was wrong with Chansey? Let's add a 2-2 and give her curls. What? Stop. 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 What's wrong with That's that? That's so harsh, man. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. She looks better with curls. If you have a friend who looks bad in curls, you tell them they look bad in curls. Plissy looks bad in curls. Absolutely not. This it's just a bad picture. Look up another one. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get it Look, from a good angle, bro. Right, like my girl here, she went out, she got her hair did, she got a new little outfit, like she got that skirt going on, she got like the arm frills, because that's what the kids are fucking into these days. I know it was the baggy clothing for a while. We're on to arm frills now. Look it up, it's on Reddit or TikTok. TikTok, it's on TikTok. TikTok. There you go, there you go. Yeah. Uh and she's just looking fresh to death, man. Right? Feeling herself. Let her be. Mm-hmm. Let's get some uh, flavor text here. Whenever, Absolutely not. A, whenever <laughs> Blissey finds a weakened Pokemon, <laughs> it will share its egg and offer its care until uh, the other Pokemon is all better. So that's the male version. And the female is, Blissey lays mysterious eggs that are filled with happiness. It's said that anyone who eats a Blissey egg will start acting kindly to all others. That egg is made of Oxycontin. Yeah, and we need more of it. <laughs> she just cracks open. She's like, oh, you're in pain? 
boy, have I got some for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> Dude, she's looking good. She's got the good drugs. I'm just saying, like, this is the girl that you want at the party. I don't Absolutely. know. She seems like a good time. <laughs> she produces happiness from within. How can you hate on that? With my natural ability pessimism. <laughs> oh, like a dark type move <laughs> actually you would never guess normal yeah huh. <laughs> yeah yeah the abilities are pretty spot on natural cure all status conditions heal when the pokemon switches out and serene grace boosts the likelihood of additional effects occurring when attacking hmm. Hmm. So it has a higher chance of putting you to sleep. This the this is feeding on to my drug theory. It's perfect. It's great. I mean, I'm not arguing against it. I, I'm into it. I embrace it even. Yeah. Jeez. I hate those, those curls. She looks horrible. <laughs> <laughs> she looks stupid. She looks stupid. The arm frills, I can get it. Like, if you want to be weird, go for it. The tutu, I think those are your flesh, so I'm not sure if that's real tutu. That's true. There's just skin tags. Um, oh no! Yeah, oh. now here we are. Here we are, guys. They're, they're little wings, okay. <laughs> I've had a few in my day. I get it. You just you don't want to deal with them. Yeah, it's fine. She embraces it, powers it. Yeah, right. Do you think that's a natural coloring, or does like she dye them just to show off? Oh god! All natural. All natural. Mm. She's getting yeah. the highlights. She's girl. <laughs> she just sits down and she's like, you know the curls we got last week? And the, the hairstylist is like, oh my god, not again. They're like, highlight them, I want a pinker. It's <laughs> like, oh. and man, if I was addicted to Oxycontin, this would be really tough. <laughs> no, no, okay, no, I get where this rage is coming from. She's just handing out... Uh, controlled substances and you with the pharmaceutical I'm to, background i'm trying to protect people okay you guys, yep, you guys got no. distracted with her bangs i couldn't lead with the hey she's a drug dealer okay right mm -hmm. nope i get it <laughs> <laughs> I get ten curls. Oh. <laughs> what do you got donovan uh uh she is definitely uh the nose tag that i had professionally removed Nose tag, I had professionally removed. Got it. <laughs> yeah. I was Actually, just going to like cut it, but then, you know, my partner was like, no, have a doctor do that, you idiot. I had a wart on my uh, knee, and I was like, you know what? If I turn this can of uh, air upside down, it'll freeze it off, right? And I was telling this to my roommate, and I was he's like, yeah, that should work. And then immediately I was like, He's like, oh, and I was like, oh, it's quite cold now. And I was like, give me a knife, and I cut it off. <laughs> this is an excellent note on how to end this episode, by the way. Yeah, 10 out of 10, don't recommend doing that. 10 out of 10, <laughs> interesting story. <laughs> do not do that. Do not do that. If you hear this, do that. Do not do that. Yeah, highly recommend, don't ever do that. It's not worth it. <laughs> Well, cool. Donovan, thank you for coming and talking with us, man. It's been a fucking pleasure. It's also been too long. But, um, yeah. 
I, I wanted to give you a chance to, I know you got a podcast coming and I want people to be able to get more from you and listen to you when that drops. And what, what are some ways that people can get a hold of your content? Oh yeah. Thanks man. Um, so a buddy of mine who's longtime friend, longtime DM and player, uh, we're putting a podcast out called high level casters. That's going to be out here in uh, actually just less than a month now. So we're going to publish it to all the good places, Spotify, you know, Apple, all that good shit. But we also have all of the various social media handles, too, where you can just go find us. So, yeah, give us a listen. We talk about D&D and the woes therein. <laughs> I will be subbing. I'll be subbing. That sounds great. Absolutely. And I'll be, um, when you guys release everything on there, I'll be sure when I uh, post this to make sure you got all your info and stuff is on there so people can find you guys. Cheers, man. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's. It's been really nice to come and talk with you all again. I, like you said, it's been way too long. So thank you very much for having me on because uh, I've had a good time talking to you guys. Absolutely. Well, have, we're happy fun. to have you. Yeah, well, we'll do this again soon. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, man. And this is the, the best part where uh, we, we have to say goodbye to Craig. But uh, oh, yeah. Craig. <laughs> thanks, for, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. We'll... I, I've been really bad about producing content lately, so I'll uh, keep pushing it out there. But uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you guys soon. See you later. Bye.